Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Bobby. And I'm Bri. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Good evening. Good evening. Evening. <laughs> well, well, a last minute substitution. As you can guess. Yeah, and not the sort of substitution where... You're 4-0 down going into injury time and then the manager goes on, go on, son, make a name for yourself. <laughs> no, no, but, it's not. But Callum, he's on um, uh, he's on dad juices today and he's, uh, his partner's not well and yep. he's had to go home and uh, do uh, dad duties. So we are delighted to be joined by Bri from At Six again. Bri, welcome to an extended slot on the pod. I'm I'm in shock. I'm still in shock at the call up. I, f- I feel like I feel I feel like if Joe Miller got called up to the England squad to play over, it's a bit like when England played France a few months ago, and they put all the kids out. We've had to call him up. <laughs> Imagine all the people listening now. Please don't turn off. <laughs> we'll still try and make it good. We promise he'll behave himself. Yeah. Well, mm, well, yeah. Have you got that beat button ready and everything? Uh, yeah, like yeah somewhere. Right. Okay. Well, what's been happening this week? I went to the darts last night. You did in Blackpool. Wasn't I it? did. Yes. And who did you see last night? I didn't watch any of it last night. Who did you see? Um, the the bigger names on the night were Peter Wright and Johnny Clayton. Okay. Uh, but they were they were all really. Good games, to be fair. They Would were, they? yeah. The uh, Clayton played uh, Gabriel Clemens, who's oh yeah, Gabriel, yeah, Gabriel <laughs> Clemens, big, yeah. big German bloke. He's yeah, uh, Gabby. Almost, almost staged a comeback. He did, did uh, he? Yeah. yeah, Gabby, good player in Bryony. Oh, yeah, uh, didn't he have a number one with these seventeen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I, I I forgot about another one. I, I forget because he's he's not um, as big as he used to be now. I saw Raymond van Barneveld. Okay, right. so obviously five time world champion. Very good, right? Um, oh, that's good. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good night. I even yeah. started a chant. Oh, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Felt proud of myself. Well done. <laughs> uh, disappointing. Dis- I must admit. Well, for me, disappointing end to Wimbledon. Yeah, I, I, I said to I said to you on on Sunday, didn't I? I said I, I really wanted him to to do it, so he would be on that verge of of, of history of winning the four. I, yeah, I just wanted him to get the white jacket out with 24 made up in Lacoste Crocodiles. <laughs> that I wonder where that jacket is now, because there was definitely one there, Bri, ready, weren't there? Mm. Yeah, that fella who, who got his back, his racket, he, he stuck it home, hasn't he? Yeah. He, 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 he had an interview afterwards saying he's been to the last 23. Yeah. I can, um, and he's happy to go home with his racket, so I definitely he's got it. Def, I can feel an email. Dear Novak. <laughs> <laughs> Please can have your 24 jacket. Exactly, yeah. Oh dear! So anyway, that that uh, that was they were the big news from the weekend. I think. It felt it felt like the uh, turning of the tide, didn't it? Yeah, and I, th- I feel a bit sad for that, mainly because I still live in the nineteen eighties. So anything that's like ch- a big change, oh, I struggle with that. Well, speaking of the eight, speaking of the eighties and tennis, the Onborg son won an ATP tour this week. Yeah, he did. He won his first ever match yeah. on the tour. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, Leo, Leo Borg, he's called. Yeah. yeah. 20 years, isn't he? Uh, you know more than me, because you, yeah. you stalk Leo Borg, Bryce. So, yeah. You know <laughs> so. No, it's beyond Borg, it was stalked. All right, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, 
back to rugby league. What have we got on tonight, Bobbles? Well, we have our round 18 Super League review. Mm-hmm. Um, we have my stats of the week. Uh, then we're going to take a trip down under to the NRL, as always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've got another talk to me about, which I'm going to keep zip until uh, until we come to it. Until we talk to me so, about it. Yeah, yeah. so, so yeah, I talked to yeah. you about it, yeah. I think that's only fair. Uh, and then, obviously, as you've already said, uh, Bri is here for his extended period, but he will have a Predictions League update for us. Um, no. Oh, Oh, it's poor for me, Andy. I don't want to know, but yeah. Uh, And then we will close out with a semi-final review for the Challenge Cup that is this weekend. Excellent. So, shall we start with Super League? Let's do it. There's so much to love about rugby league in this part of the world and more than just the pork rolls at Warrington and the pies at Wigan. There's tradition and history and great grounds and great fans. And then there's the weather. And if you don't like it, well, you just have to put up with it. Tough titties. Yes. Well, let's dive straight into round 18. And we are going to kick things off at the home of the champions on a Thursday night, who unfortunately came out on the wrong end of the result, going 14-12 down to Catalans. Brian, I'll let you open up on this. Um, bit of a playoff fight, a playoff game, wasn't it? Um, mm, yeah, I, well I, described, I, yeah. I tweeted at the end of the game, is this the mark of champions from Catalan? Because they, they've always been known for the flair and the, the attack, but the defences seem to have become stronger um, over the last couple of seasons, but especially this season. But in defensive times, they were phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. Do you think, I, I get what you're saying. Do you think that Saints made it easy for them, though? In ways, yeah. Um, I, I don't want to say that they, they, they were depleted by the injuries on the night. Because everyone has them. Um, but obviously, a bit of a reshape. But it didn't seem like the attack was, it, it felt all regimented. The, the try near the end that they scored um, through Dodd, they seemed to come alive when they were throwing it about and it weren't so regimented. And I think if they'd have done that a bit more through the game, they'd have probably come out on, with the two points. Mm, do you not think, Bobby, that they've been a little bit, Saints have been a little bit like that all season and um, they're not, the entertainers that they used to be at one time, are they? I think it's definitely fair to say that, but you know, you've got a, you've also got to take into the consideration that you know they've got a new coach in in Paul Wellens, and all right, granted he's been there under Holbrook and and Wolf, but you know he's going to put down a different playing style to both of them because he wants to make his mark within that club, and I think that's only fair. And you know, all right, you've got to try some things, and you know he's 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 come out in the last couple of weeks and said that he made a mistake the other week by not playing Joey Lussick and keeping Roby on the bench for 40 minutes. He's admitted to his mistakes and he's going to make some. But, you know, I think you've just got to stick with the process sometimes. 
And I think that's the best way you can put it. Sound like Paul Wellen, stick with the process. <laughs> that Daryl Powell there, Bubbles. <laughs> no, I, like, I, I just had, I just think that, you know, yes, you'd love to see uh, every team with, with flair and every year they're the, the, the same team, but they're not going to be, and it's as simple as that. Yeah. But, well, there was just after the hour, I'll, I'll, I'll go back, I'll go after the game and then I'll come back. Right, did you hear Paul Wellens' comments after? And he, 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 Paul Wellens after the game said that like he was really pleased with Saints on the night, and they they were just fell short. Another night that they'd, they'd have won that game, but he thought there was lots of things out on the field that he was really pleased with. How do you see that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I can see where he's coming from again due to having to reshuffle and if it wasn't they, they had chance they had chances for winning. So I can see where they're coming from and if you look at the Catalan where they score points, um bombs are went to the field try and so the others come really started at ill discipline, mm. which has been a major issue for Saints this season. It has, yeah. So I, I see where he's coming from but it, it all felt a bit it felt like this has been a result that's been coming mm. for St. Helens. They've been, they seem to be in coast the last few weeks. Castleford at home didn't really get out to second gear. Mm. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's down to how he's trying to stamp his own way onto the team. I, I had a discussion this weekend saying I'm really expecting if St. Helens do get beat at the weekend for some fans to come out and say, you know, like the old football team, it's not his side. Mm. And it, it feels like that's on the brink, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That yeah. people are going to start saying, these aren't his players, this isn't what he wants to do. It'll be look better next season when he's got his own players in. Will, will he be given next season? Mm. If it's a really bad season, if he missed the playoffs. Yeah. So I, I see where he's coming from, but I can also see, you no. Know, not for me. You need they need to be they need to be more it didn't seem to be a plan B. And when the plan B did turn up, it was too late. There's uh there's been a few comments online uh that I've seen this week and I, I noticed it myself watching the game and I just want to ask you your thoughts and uh, do you think Saints could have used utilised their penalties a bit better? I know a few people have said take the two early oh, and make absolutely. it a six point ball game. Absolutely. If you've got what ten or twelve minutes to go, let's say, and you're, I think they were what fourteen six down. Yeah, make it fourteen. Make it a one a one score game. Yeah, because as it turned out, they got the one score, but then had to add to score again, and that's when when you've scored one try in seventy minutes. What chance have you got of scoring two in the last ten? Now they nearly did it, but absolutely make it fourteen because then Catalans, the their their approach to the game then becomes different as well mm. because they're not protecting that they haven't got that eight point cushion to to help them protect it, the game. Yeah. So oh, absolutely, I, and I totally agree with you, um, uh, Bobby. Who do you who do you blame for the last drop, Hopawati or Hurrell? Horrell. He shouldn't have come back inside. You, you've already drawn the winger in in Tom Johnston. And I'm sorry, but 
a man of Conrad Hurrell's size running at you at that pace from five yards out, you're going to do very well to stop him. The only thing I would say on that is that if the communication is there and he does go inside, he does have a clear run. So, he, there's, so there's something going to miss somewhere between the two of them. He does, but... But, that, but again, as you said, Bright, um, Catalans, you know, um, cemented their plays at the top. And, and to be honest, where they are in the league, they're deservedly there. The table doesn't lie and they are deservedly there, aren't they? They are. And um, I think they can have a big loss though now with... Arthur Moore being out for a while. Um, I, I, I forget what his injury is. It might be an ACL. Um, but they've seemed to have been rotating. Playing more constantly and rotating May and Tompkins to get the best out of Tompkins. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a big miss now um, for them. Yeah. But how they've played, they've been fantastic. And you... you it sounds like they've gone under the radar as much as the top of the league. Yeah, I agree. Because you because yeah. because the run that they, they've lost one in fourteen, is it 13, 14? Yeah, people. And have been, yeah, been waiting for them to fall off, and they haven't done. Yeah, and I think again, I think they were fantastic on the night as well. They took the chances when they when they arose, and the and they defended stoutly. And it sounds daft, but that's exactly what Saint Helens have been doing for the last four years. Right, well, we're going to move on to uh, the, the the Wigan game, and Warrington's woes continue as they lost twenty six points to twelve at the DW. Lost five in a five in a row now, Bry. Yeah, it's it's looking grim for them, isn't it? I've, I've, there was an issue last season with them where, where people complained about the halfback situation um, and not having a cemented one and the pack being bad, and then you started off having all of that together it seems that the loss of George Williams is just shaking them up totally oh it's been huge either that huge. Or either that or the pack's being found out yeah and because obviously you need your pack to, to provide for the halfbacks so it seems like a bit of both but the loss of George Williams is is taking it to toll really is you didn't see him at the darts last night did you Bobby <laughs> no, I didn't. Because no, he was at Wimbledon. Like maybe he's, <laughs> he's, at, Wimbledon. Maybe he's at the test match this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, that. It's like that. What do you call it? That uh, where's Waldo? It's like where's where's Williams? Isn't it? It's like <laughs> they were doing little jigsaws of George Williams. Like where is he? <laughs> where's George Williams gone this week? Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, I did see Stefan Ratchford on the um, Super League show. Um, and he said that he thought the last couple of weeks they were getting way closer to where they wanted to be. I agree with that in the sense that the Saints like, game. Does but... he mean? Does he mean eight? <laughs> what does he? What does he mean? I, I understand where he's coming from in the Saints game the week before, which we've already addressed. But that was that. What? Well, yes and no. I see what he means. I've actually got him in notes that that was a a, a Warrington of two halves. The first half was what you saw against Saints last week. They were really battling for it. They were trying hard. They were they were playing good rugby league, and that second half they just completely collapsed. They they just went completely off radar. Well, did they collapse, Brian? Did Wigan did Wigan up up a couple of gears? Well, Wigan up a couple of gears, but I, I would say did they collapse? They had a similar incident to the Saint Helens Opawati incident when Ratchford went through, mm. and. He passed it inside instead of outside to Russell. Yeah. And 
if they'd have scored there, with why why did he go inside? Yeah. Was again was there a communication, mm. um, a, a miscommunication? But yeah, I think I think Wigan did step up a little bit. But when you've got sense and field, and you give them space like mm. field had for the last try, you. You, you, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot, aren't you? There was a wonderful dummy from Harry Smith. I think it was Harry Smith. He shaped a kick downfield for one of yes. the tries and then practically dropped it onto his foot, caught it again, and then threw it inside and they got a try off it. It was absolutely wonderful. It was, it was oh, is that real... the Bevan French try where they yeah. spread it and then back on the yeah. inside and he just... Magic, but it yeah. all started from that dummy, which was yeah. absolutely magical. I actually thought Wigan's I think attack- he needs to put it into it. Sorry, Bob. I think he needs to put it into his uh, kicking routine when he's taking when he's taking conversions and penalties. Because yeah. <laughs> he's being woeful at them. So yeah. if he put, if he pulls a dummy in first, he might pull them off. Well, with them signing uh, Adam uh, Kieran, he, I don't think he'll be kicking next year, will he? I would yeah, imagine, fixes I would the imagine, problem, doesn't I would it? imagine he'll kick the goals when he next. Yeah, you, you've got to imagine so. And they wouldn't uh, like that. Yeah, I thought Wigan's attack was quite smooth all night. To be fair, I don't think they put themselves under a lot of. Um, uh, they didn't seem to be a lot of pressure to score. They just kept doing what they were doing, and I think that's what Wigan fans have been crying out for all season. That that attack of, like you've said, that try for example, just the smooth hands through the ball and back inside, and mm. um, I think. I think it makes a big difference when you've got Field and French firing on all cylinders. Because well, well, if they're not, if they don't do it this year, they're definitely building for next year, aren't they? Yeah. And and they look. I think one miss for next year would be Ty Pierce Paul. I think he was outstanding when he came on right the weekend, yeah. and he's been out for two months. Yeah. I think he's going to be a big, big have a big part to say until the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, quick, quick yes or no? We're wanting to make the six, Bry. Yes, just. Bobby? No. Okay. No. Um, and based on the back of that question, we're going to go over to a team that I think is making a massive playoff charge, and I didn't think I'd be saying this six weeks ago, and we're going to go to Hull FC who came away with another impressive victory, 36 points to 18 against Castleford. Hmm. I've got a comment on Castleford's tackling. Not not their defence, their tackling. Mm. There's a difference. I'm talking about not as a defence as a team. I'm talking about their individual one-on-one tackling, where they're just sort of grabbing shirts and things like that. Absolutely woeful. Yeah. Woeful, yeah. No, um, I, I I totally agree with you. Um, but, and and I think you know they made it so easy for Hull FC in that in that respect. The amount of individual tackles that they that they missed. But uh, tell you what, will be a loss for Hull um, though, Bright. And I suppose it brings us in a way back to Catalan. We've mentioned him before on the pod, and that's Chris Satai. Um, my, you know a. a a run that would probably double his uh, meter stats for this week, uh, when he set Adam Swift away. But um, he'll be a bit, he'll be a massive loss for them next year. But then on on the flip side of that, how much stronger will that make Catalans as well? Yeah, it, he, he, he was that that run was phenomenal, wasn't it? Yeah. Bounced off six, I think. It was like a um, like a kid who's t- who's taller than everyone else at his age, mm. and he just bounced off 
I'll stop them all. Yeah. I will say a couple of things on that try as well. One of the you mean um, one Abby's, of these kids that seems to get like like player of the match every every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coaches, that one of them player, kids. Parents, player, yeah. everything. Yeah, stick a, stick yeah. a photo one of them kids. every week. Yeah, one of them. But yeah, I'll, I'll say something about that try. Adam Swift looked like he was uh, auditioning for the Saturday Night Fever, John Travolta, <laughs> when he got me twice. But with it, uh, when you're saying saying about the tackles, with it, could have ta- could have at least tried to stop him and slow him down. Yeah, that's right. I have a, I go with Matt Dufty all the time. Yeah. Matt Dufty dives into a tackle like a goalkeeper dives on a ball when it's injury time and your team's winning one nil in a relegation battle. You imagine but, and it doesn't work. But but with it, if even if he tried doing that and slowing him down, there was them runners trying to catch him and it could have stopped the try, but he just didn't even he didn't even try to throw a tackle in. Uh, but it, yeah, it makes you want. It makes it makes you want to see Hull FC have an all white away kit, doesn't he? Adam Swift like dancing in between, <laughs> <laughs> long pants and everything. You know what I mean? If you watch, if you watch the try again, if you watch the try again, he looks right and throws it dummies twice right, and it looks like he's doing the Saturday Night Fever dance. I promise you, watch it again. To be honest with you, I, I, do you know what? Before even Adam Swift got that ball in his hand, I thought it was just all round poor from Castleford. In, well, in that try. Well, uh, are they staying alive? <laughs> no, no, they're not. No, they're really not. Right. Do you know what my biggest problem with that? Do you know what my biggest problem with that try is? And it, it really bugs me. You're taught growing up, right? You are taught growing up that if a big man like Chris Satine is running at you, get out, why, get out of his way. way. <laughs> why has nobody taken his legs? You yeah. are, not only are you going for his upper body... You're jumping at his upper body. Yeah. He's having a feel. He's just, see you later. Yeah. Where is the one going for his legs? Because you take his legs, he ain't making that. Well, he can't run. That first contact, he knocks, he skittles two of them. Yeah. The first contact, he skittles two of them. And, he's, and I think he's got one on his back at the same time. I mean, for what it's worth, I don't actually think that Hull FC will, will actually make the playoffs. I do. I think they're the team to not Warrington out. See, I think there's other teams above them. I think Hull Car have got a better chance, for example. But I don't think, I don't think they. I think they have two or three wins, and then they have two or three losses, and that's why I don't think they'll make the the playoffs. Well, they're on form at the minute. They are on form at the minute. I just, but I, they're just as likely to go and lose two on the trot, and then they'll be six points off the playoffs again. Mm, yeah, you could be right, but no, I, I don't know. Well, I just, I just think there's a few good teams around that area at the yeah. minute. I think. Hull, I know we haven't I, come on to Leeds at the minute, but I hope we'll come they do. On to them I hope they, and... Don't get me wrong, I hope they do make a run because I think, A, I think I've always insisted that Super League is a stronger league with, with, with a strong Hull, with a strong Hull side. Yep. And, and B, it just closes up those, uh, that, that, that bunching together again of, of everybody there. So yeah. I, I definitely think, you know, that I, I hope they do. Well, uh, let's move on to the team you, just mentioned and that is Hull's rivals who came with a very impressive win away at Headingley and they won 1918 in a golden point thriller yeah right how deep is your love for uh, for Brad Schneider oh amazing I, I got a I got a tweet this week saying Hull Kingston Schneiders <laughs> yeah. welcome to East Hull 
said nobody. Yeah. What, what? yeah. <laughs> Especially um, Willie Mason. Yeah. Especially um, Willie Mason, yeah. Um, yeah, try, try assist, drop goal um, to win the game. You can't knock it, can you? When he scored, as, as you were saying then about taking legs, when he scored his try, it seems like because he's got a scrum cap on. It's like a, it was like a red rag to a ball. Yeah. Every single tackle was high. There was four attempts. Can and he... you all went for the scrum cap. <laughs> You're like, yeah. no, taking legs. Can, can they not kick it very high? <laughs> well, his first attempt was shocking, wasn't it? It come off the underside um, of the bar and the second one pretty much came off the overside of the bar. I, I tweeted what a way to win it and I actually had a reply saying I wouldn't want to win a game um, with a scuffy drop goal like that. I was like, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would. But then you see his face attempt and you're like, would you? no wonder he went to go to dummy half to play the ball when he actually did score it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to have another goal but what a, you can't knock that debut, can you? No, no, Put all. some confidence into the team especially after what they um, saved up last week as well and the loss of Coote and the players well, as well I think it's given them a massive massive boost going into the, the semi-final this week oh, yeah, knowing absolutely. that they've got somebody that they can rely on who I suppose in a little bit is like Jordan Abdul-esque mm. that they can rely on you know they think they can he can make something happen but yeah the biggest surprise to me in this game that there was 26 minutes that were scoreless it was 18 all after 50 about 54 minutes 55 minutes yeah that's right yeah. and they had the last 25 minutes that were scoreless to send it to golden point I'm not quite sure I've seen a game that's like with that longer gap to send it to golden point usually when it's like that someone drops a goal within the yeah or something within, yeah. within that 25 minute period yeah. to, to not take it to golden point you're right yeah, yeah. Um, well as you see with Saints uh, saying about Saints and not taking the two I think Leeds were banging and banging and banging on the door Mm. But he just didn't take the drop goal because I don't think, as much as we say about Schneider's drop goals attempts, I don't think Leeds have got a good record with drop goals either. No, and I, I think a lot of fans were saying, "Why not?" With in the last ten minutes, why not at least attempt one, go mm. for one? Forty is uh, supposedly the never. I mean, personally, I mean, I think if you're level with twenty minutes to go, I would take one personally mm. because if you can trust your defence. You know, you never quite know what happens. That that forces the opposition to have to do something. Yeah. You know? How many teams do it at half time in the first half? Yeah. Last play, yeah. you're Jordan, and yeah. you take the one. So if you're going to do it in the first half, why not do it with 20 minutes to go, 10 minutes to go? No, I agree. I agree. Um, disappointing, disappointing result for Leeds because they've they've they, they've been on fire, haven't they, Bry, for uh, uh, the last few weeks. Yeah, it it, it it seems like it, it seems to be like the whole have been in the last few years. Win one, lose one. Um, just as the confidence gets going, then they get they, they suffer the setback. I think I do think though some of the defence was was poor for this game, and I think that's come come to the fault to be quite fair. And I know they've lost the game, and obviously, as I said, if they've been banging on the door. The, the lack of the lack of organisation because I think Austin went off with a head knock. Yeah. Um. So obviously with a reshuffle, is is the intelligence of Austin mm. not give them that momentum so who's near got, the end? So who's got a better chance? Who's got a better chance of making the six leads or Hull FC? At the minute, 
Hull FC. But we all know, we all know what Leeds can do when it's crunch time and it's time to get to the grand final. We all know what they're capable of. Right? Who's got a better chance of making six? I'd say Hull FC at the minute, but I agree with Bobby. I reckon Leeds could win if on the top of the championship if they have to. And then bearing that in mind then, We've not disc- you can't discount Hull KR because they're still there or thereabouts in the six. So have they got a have they got a better chance of making the six than Hull or Leeds? If you had to pick one of the three of them to make it, assuming that assuming that Warrington stay where they are, let's say, and then you you've got you've got Catalans, Wigan, St Helens, Warrington, Salford, Lee. Sorry. Oh yeah, Lee. Lee. If you say those are the five, out of the ones that are left, Salford, Hull KR, Leeds and Hull, who's your sixth place team going to? Doesn't that, matter for you, Bob, because you've said no, so you've got two teams, you see. Well, yeah. Um, you said no to Warrington. Uh, I'd say... If, if, if Jordan Abdul comes... Is Jordan Abdul expected back? Or is he out yeah, for the season? To, no, he's expected back towards the, probably about the end of August, I think. Bear in mind it's a podcast and we need some vocabulary out of you, you know. <laughs> I'm going to um, go OKR. Okay. I think OKR will be your sixth place. Right? I'd say FC, but it depends on Abdul. If they've, got, if they've got a small enough gap when Abdul comes back, then KR can do it, but I'd say offer them for FC. Great, this because this this conversation changes every week, which is great for the league. Yeah, but yeah. it is. Um, let's head over to Huddersfield, who came away with a thirty-four points to six victory over Wakefield. Mm. What's that, Mister Man? Call with all the, the little blue one with all the bandages around him. Mr. Bump. That's it. That's what Wakefield came down to earth with this week. (laughs) (laughs) But do you know what? Do you know what? I say that, and I've expressed my love for Wakefield on this pod more than once and opened this day up. What a a turnout from the fans, Bri. The away fans? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it shows what confidence they have. Um, I think, I think the home form. I think they've got. I think there's five of the seven games. Mm, I think which, five games at home. Yeah, which, which could bode well for them. Which is good, and I, and I think our friend, um, our our friend Matt from down at Bellevue said it's not about days like today. It's about what's coming up at home. I think he actually said that after the game. Yeah. I think that I think the fans was more of appreciation of what they've done and to show that they have got the support. The, well, I think that, I the think team have the support. I think that's great. I think that's great. Um, but got to ask the question, Bobby. Thirty-four-six, really, really comfortable win for the Giants. Um, the last few weeks, has it been a false dawn for Wakefield? No. Not at all. I think they've done really well, and they're they're still fighting. Well, I mean, they're fighting for Super League at the end of the day. That's yeah. that's that's what it that's what it comes down to. And it, it's good to see that 
the players have as much passion for putting on that shirt as the fans do who turn up in it every week. Yeah. And you can't knock them for, for everything they've done. I mean, who would have, seriously, who would have put that, that Wakefield would have, won, would have won a golden point against Wigan last week? Yeah. Especially after the Wigan performance against Warrington. Yeah, that's right. You know, right. it, it's, it's amazing to see and by no means is this, no, this, that. It, it's, it's fantastic to watch and, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that that ship now. I hope you stay up. And something for you, Bright. Um, Huddersfield really comfortable win this week. They've already announced that. Uh, I don't know if it's been announced, but Theo uh, Farge is leaving, isn't he? He's going back to France, where it all started. Yes. So I think they have announced that now, haven't they? Um, which means that they had a, a spine, if you like, a one six seven of Connor Russell and Lola Hayer. Yeah, Bright. Is that the way, one, it should stay, and two, do you think that's the three that Ian Watson ultimately now is happy with, knowing that Farge is going? I have this book down, and I have it in a different way. I think Ian Watson stumbled across this. Mm, okay, yeah. he, had, he, had Con, he had Connor at 18th, man, and okay. Connor's clearly wants to play fullback. So he spat his dummy out, he made him 18th man, and it didn't work. And now he's played him at a fullback and stumbled across Russell and Laura Hayer with Connor a fullback. As it is, has he got lucky in a way? As as Jake as Jake Connor got his own way, really. Do you think it'll stay like that? Do you think that three will stay like that now? Then I think so. Yeah, because Connor Connor obviously he had a great game and he's better at fullback. And that's why he wants to play there. He yeah. wants his hands on the ball. Lola Hayer is not a fullback, <laughs> but he showed glimpses of what he can do. Mm. Yeah. And Ollie Russell's really good. I think he just, as I said at the start of the season, in the backs he had too many cooks, mm. and he, he didn't know his best his his best setup. And I think he has actually stumbled across it now. And they really, by, need, yeah, and they really needed that win by, as well, didn't they, Huddersfield? Yeah, to, to take the pressure off. Really did need to say needed to take the pressure off. I've got a question for you, Stu. Yeah. What is brighter, Tom Lynham's hair <laughs> or David Fafita cycling shorts? <laughs> I think David Fafita carries the cycling shorts off better than Tom Lynham carries the hair. Yeah, I'll I'll agree to that one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like it. Um, I like it. Well, that brings us into our last game for the round. And Salford 22, Lee 24. Q Salford meltdown. Mm. Again. Now, I've got to say on this, right? Um, so, um, they were hard done by with the Lutelli try because that's on, that that was short, wasn't it, Brian? There was a lot of bodies in the way. If that's on television, that doesn't get given, does it? No. So that's a no try. I would have argued that if the match had been on television, Salford first try wouldn't have been a try though. Because I'm pretty sure there was a knock on in, in there from the player that was lying on the floor. Also also, the there was another try as well. Um, 
and I can't remember which one it was. It was, I think it was Halliwell. Yeah. Did the, he did he touch yeah, it down? Did he touch it down? That's right. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Again, that's a that's a there was a controversial one. And then the 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 uh, Hardacre try was an absolute comedy of errors from Sneed and uh, Briley, wasn't it? What was going on? That's there? exactly what I've got wrote down. Yeah. Hardacre try, comedy of errors. Yeah, I, I think they turned into a giant pinball machine at one point, and yeah. we're just flapping their arms everywhere to try and keep this ball alive. So I was trying to look at this because I was looking at all obviously the responses from some of the Salford fans because they've come away and again on another narrow defeat and their view is obviously that they've been hard done to. So I was trying to look at it objectively and saying, well, okay, there's two tries for Salford there that possibly might not have been a try. There's one try for Lee that you definitely think that's not a try. Okay. But the fact remains, Brad, that Salford were actually 22-10 up in this game. Yeah, I've got it marked down that 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 Litelli try was in the twenty first minute. Yeah. And and then you go to twenty two ten. Yeah. And you're thinking, right, well you've got a you've got a way out of this. You you've got yourself into position now. And then as Bobby says, it was like a pinball. I yeah. get why no one wanted to drop on the ball because they give away a penalty, but they've given away six points instead of two. Mm. Potential two. At least if you drop on the ball, give away a penalty. You, you're gonna, you can at least set up, set your defence again. Yeah, and then, I also, I also think the penalty though that won it is is more of a, what, what should be highlighted. Absolutely, because Funny Yaya is at least a yard, literally right in front of Ben Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> and right. then he and then he makes the tackle, right. and then he talks back and gives Reynolds a chance. So. If he doesn't talk back, they get a penalty, but they have to bang that into touch, don't they? Because he's not taking yes. he's not taking the two from there. I don't think. Saying that Ben Reynolds is that cocky that he probably would have had a go. He could have done because when I looked at how far he had actually kicked the ball, he would have he would have actually cleared the bar and everything, got it dead with another ten yards. But I'm still not so sure that he would have taken it. But when you do when you talk back, a you make the kick that much easier, mm-hmm. and b um, you give him the opportunity. What was he arguing? You, you, you make his. I don't know. He's obviously just said something. He's obviously said something. Just a, a throwaway remark that's offensive, or he's sworn. He's probably just said "f off" the referee or whatever penalty or no effing way or so. And he, he's probably just like you know. And he, he's just like give. He's give a penalty, hasn't he? But he's but he's he's made that decision. And at that point, then twenty four twenty two. Now you've got to go and do something. Exactly. But you know what, and I feel like I've bit my tongue enough on this one for a long time now, but I'm sorry Salford, but every week is not the referee's fault, and at some point, every single fan in that stadium has to look at that team, and you have to think, why have we lost five in a row, because I'm telling you now, it isn't the ref's fault week in, week out. And And Bright, who's the most penalised team in Super League? I don't know. Salford. Is it? Yeah. Salford. And there you go then. So you, you, But this is the thing, they've got they've got things they've got pluses and the Akers coming back. He he played well. So they've got things that have built up, but if you're gonna use ill discipline, as we've just said, it it's not gonna be the referee's fault all the time. Yeah. Yes, that try should not have been given. But look at the other things that have happened. Mm. Should should your prop 
be a yard in front of the referee and then tell him he's wrong. Yeah. To, to the extent that he gives another ten yards away. Yeah. But I mean, what a, Bobby? What a boost for Lee now coming into the semi-final. They just don't give up, do they? Oh, absolutely. And you know what? In in a way, I've actually realised that I was really surprised by the ending there. I thought. At twenty two ten down, all right, I get you second in the league and you want to keep putting pressure on Catalans and maybe potentially go on and win the league leadership, which would be fantastic for the club. But at twenty two ten down with a semi final in six days, you could have easily have understood why they wouldn't have wanted to go out, go all out, go all out, get injured, risk injuries, you know, stuff like that. You know, you could probably understand it, but I tell you what, what an effort and what a team not to give up like that because that that kind of performance is what's going to get you to potentially Old Trafford and Wembley at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Can we talk about Joe Mellor? Uh, Joe Mellor played hooker and he got the call up on the morning. Yeah. Because um, Pape phoned in sick and Aaron Smith phoned in sick. Yeah. I think it's the first time he's played hooker other than in the championship. Yeah. And... I think it just you know exemplifies the the spirit that they've got where they do willing to do a job for each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good point, Brian. Well, now it's time for this. It's Bobby Stats of the Week. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's that time again. How many have we got this week, Boris? Uh, seven. Okay, let's go then. Okay. We're going to start over in uh, Australia, and we're going to start with the Cowboys. And in their last three games, um, if you add up their total scoreline, it would stand at 124 to 14. Okay. It is the second highest of any three consecutive wins this season. Uh, they lose out on on points to the Sharks, who have scored 136 in three wins. However, the uh, the winning margin is uh, 110 to I think 96 on the Sharks. So they definitely have the biggest win margin of th- of three consecutive wins. Um, stat number two is. Everybody's favourite, Jerome Luai. <laughs> but uh, as much as he may not be everybody's favourite, he has now played 100 NRL games. And even more impressive than that, he has an 82% win rate in 100 games. I'm trying to think of players that currently that, defi- that divide opinion mm. as much as Jerome Luai. Jake, Jake Connor springs to mind, but apart from that, I can't think of that many that actually divide opinion that that much. Yeah, mm. interesting. But um, Jake Connor hasn't got an eighty-two percent win rate. No, he has no. not. No. <laughs> uh, stat number three is um, everybody's favourite, Gussie's Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs haven't beaten a top eight side. At home in eight years. <laughs> take that, Gus. Yeah, exactly. Take that, Gus. Their last win was against the Melbourne Storm in 2015. No. That's... Wow. You should have saved that to the last. 
You've peaked with that. Have I peaked? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Peaked with that. Yeah. Uh, sorry. That's in it. <laughs> Flat chat bulldog. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Well, then we head over to England and we're going to start off with the game we've already covered in Hull KR who haven't who have beat Leeds for the first time at Headingley since 2019. Okay. Uh back then they won 32 points to 16. It's their first win in 4 years at the at Headingley. Okay. See, I told you you'd peak cuz that's pretty poor to be honest. I know. It's no, it's good. It's just not falling off. No, right. Go on. Um stat number 5 is for their first time in their history, Cornwall have gone back-to-back wins. Yeah, I think they were. I think on the, uh, Bryce Twitter poll, I think they were the team of the week this week. Oh, they, were they? they? Yeah, got team of the week this week by a landslide. Yeah, back-to-back wins. Great, that, isn't it? It is. It's brilliant, yeah. They beat the London Scholars and the Midlands Hurricanes. Well done, the Chuffs. Yeah, well done. Uh Stat number six is that Catalans have done the league double over Saints for the first time since 2016. Mm-hmm. It was. Do you know who was in charge of Catalans back then? Lauren Fresinu. It was indeed. It was the Saints assistant coach now. Who, interestingly, I found out this week, I didn't know this, happens to be the heritage number one. For Catalans, I did read that he yeah. was their first ever player yeah. to sign for the. I didn't, I didn't know that. I, so. I read that this week. Agent Fresenu, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there did you go, did it, did it. Agent <laughs> Fresenu. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. First time since 2016 when he was in charge. Okay, and to wrap up the stats of the week is Ash Handley has joined the 100 Super League tries club. He grabbed his 100th try this uh, this week on the loss to Hulk IR. Um, he does score his 100th try in 174 games, Super League games for Leeds. And he is the eighth player from the club to do so. Okay. Um, but uh, speaking of the 174 games, can you have a guess at who is the quickest to score 100 tries in the league? Whatever. Yeah. In Super League. In ever. Quickest to score under tries. Yep. Uh, Charlie. It is Vinacolo. He scored a hundred tries in ninety nine games. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, but how would he do now on that day track at Odsel? Uh, <laughs> probably not that great because he's probably like in his fifties. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to go back and so read the brings us to the question. <laughs> so, so brings us to the question: Who would win in a race on the day track at Odsel? How much? How much <laughs> start oh, no. would Bobby have to give fifty-five-year-old Leslie Vinacolo on a dirt track at Odsel? Well, I can't say. I'm, I'm, I've got to be impartial, aren't I? All right. I'd say. Right. I'd say. 
50 metres at least 60. 50, I, I was going to say 55, so yeah, 55 metres. Is he actually 55? Cause I don't know, I just guessed. You just guessed. He's only 44. Oh my goodness, 65 oh, metres. Oh, well, 70 metres then, <laughs> 70, easy. Yeah, that's true, I'm not on the yeah, that's a good one. Bobby needs one of the day, cars, that's what he needs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the little cards? Do you remember the little cars at Odds? They used to go like round. Every time they scored a try, they used to have them little go karts, didn't they, with the little flags, and they used to go round, didn't they, yeah. around the side of Oddsall. Bobby needs one of them to beat him over like with Brown, seventy meters. Bradford's Wizzy Rascal is Bobby. Wizzy Rascal, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there you go. That's the stats of the week. And as you said, I probably peaked with the Bulldogs one. <laughs> yeah, you should have left that till last. <laughs> All right. Well done. Good ones there. Thanks very much. Uh, and now we'll jump straight over to this. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Yes, it is our trip to the NRL time. And I will read out the scores. And if you've got anything to say, just jump in. Uh, so we had the Knights 34, Tigers 18, the Bulldogs 24, Broncos 44. Take that, gosh. Seagulls 8, Cowboys 19, uh, Roosters 16, Storm 30, the Warriors hammered the way through the Sharks, 44 points to 12. Uh, the Dolphins were unlucky. They lost in the last 20 minutes to the Panthers, 24-14. And it was another misery week for your Titans, Andy, who went down 25-24 at the hands of the Parramatta Eels. Mm, yeah. Oh, uh, I saw some of that one, yeah. Uh, and also, New South Wales won the third. Decided, didn't they? They did indeed. I was just about to come on to that. I, just, ah, I got it in the corner there. Uh, they beat Queensland 24 points to 10. But more interestingly than that, did you happen to see the story about the three New South, three or four New South Wales fans outside the ground this week? No, go on. Um, well, they probably were the biggest traitors in their history as they were live on the Fox News and they threw their New South Wales shirts in the bins only to replace them with Queensland shirts. <laughs> but it does mean that as a, as they as the four of them, they haven't seen their team win a state of origin game this season. That's very me. That's bad that in it. That is bad, isn't it? That's like having like I don't know, I, I don't know, a Salford kit and then just swapping it for a whole one and a no, it's probably closer to having a Saints right. shirt on and throwing it right. away for a Wigan yeah, or, a, thinking, or a Hull yeah, and Hull KR like, yeah, one. It was like that, yeah. Yeah. Have a shirt for every occasion. Yeah. Bad that, innit? Catalans there with a whole lot. <laughs> Shocking yeah. that one, innit? Dearie me. Um, also on that, um, I don't understand. I know they've won the game, but they're absolutely going mad after the game. They've won and, like, you know, they're celebrating like mad. You've still lost the series. Yeah. I don't understand why they're going that that crazy about it. Really, I don't know. Is it is it just that passionate to beat the other state? Is it just I that think big? It's more than they've, they've avoided a three 0 white one. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I was going to say, is it just Probably. that? But yeah. Well, if you ask me, Queensland have played it right anyway. It just ensures uh, Brad Fittler's uh, the coach for the next season, so they'll win again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> well, let me have this one, boys. There you go. Uh, and just very quickly to wrap up the NRL, if you want a, a couple of highlights this week that could be good games, you've got the Bunnies and the Broncos and the Cowboys and the Eels. And I can tell you that Latrell Mitchell is back for the Bunnies as well. Mm, strong kind of fat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, he's back. Right. That wraps up the NRL. Call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Okay, well, that brings us into our segment with no buzzer. Right. I think it's just a thing at this point. I don't think we can have a buzzer at this point. No, you've come up with a good one, which we're not going to give away, but you've come up with a good one, haven't you? I've, I've, I've nailed it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, uh, this week's talk to me about, and I want you, uh, yourself, Andy, and, and you, Bri, as well, uh, talk to me about video refs. Okay. So we had a, we had a, a thought about this, didn't we? Uh, that we had a chat with ourselves between between ourselves before the pod. Um, and it's just everything to do with, with video refs at the moment. So um, I don't think they're still getting every decision right. And they seem to get, the, over the time, when I say they get more wrong, I think it's more highlighted, if you like, that they get they get more wrong um, than they seem to used to. And, it's, and I don't want us to go down the football route of the VAR and stopping the game every two minutes where you can't celebrate and all this sort of stuff. Don't ever want us to get into that. But there are faults with it, Bri, aren't they? There are. And there's, there's been things highlighted the last few weeks. And But for the things that are highlighted, there are also things that aren't. And it's, it's a pro and cons list, really, isn't it? Um, what what would be good and what would be bad for all those who let let's take the Salford game as instance. As we said, for the for the Latelli try that if there was a video ref, it would not be given. Yeah. But then would the would the Halliwell try be given? No, it wouldn't. Mm. But has as I said last week, would teams highlight the would teams fans highlight these incidents if they came away with the win? And clearly not, because there's not one Lee fan who's highlighted Halliwell's try. No, no, that's quite right. No. And and I think this is I think this is what it is. I think it's a clamour for something because teams are losing. I understand that. I get it because it should be. It should. It, we want it to be as fair as possible. But you can't have it as fair as possible if there's only two games a week which have video refs and the other four don't. So just to just to sort of expand on that, Bray, you saying that you're an advocate to have a, a video ref at every every game then? If it's affordable, then yeah, obviously, but it's clearly not at the moment. But I think I think so more to the point of it being more consistent. I think the I think the main issue at the minute is with referees and how inconsistent they are. Well, yeah, that's true, but the whole sport's inconsistent. Mm. If you look at it in a way of a Thursday night game or the Friday night, with the two live games, maybe three, have got a video ref. Mm. The other three games or four games don't. No. So where's the consistency in that? Can so you can't have a go with the referee for inconsistencies or the officials 
when the actual sport isn't consistent. Yeah. Can I make a point about that every game thing? Go on. Right. Years ago, and it was same in the NRL, years ago, they used to operate, because there wasn't screens at every game. Yeah. And they used to operate a traffic light system. Pretty okay. Much. So it used to be, they'd, they'd go up and somebody have a look. Now, you wouldn't see it on the screen. And it would be, it would be, and in fact, Catalans used to do it when there was no screen there. They did, you're right. And it used to come up with a green light or a red light, right? Now, every game, and because this is what they'll say, they'll say, oh, it's cost, and every game's not on the television, it's the cost of the screen. I don't think you need a screen every at every game. So I think that every game is is um, recorded. Every game is, is recorded for television, isn't it? And then it's edited for the, the highlights, et cetera, yep. right? So why can't that be viewed by somebody in, in on the television gantry, on a booth somewhere? Let's look at that again. And it's either... It's either, yes, that's definitely a try. No, it's definitely not. Or there's nothing conclusive on my... Because I've only got one angle, Yep. let's say, or two angles. Nothing conclusive on mine. Therefore, it's ref's call. Yeah. Because they used to give ref's call. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Because if you're telling me that cost is a big part of this, which I, I don't doubt that it's not, but if you're looking at expanding to things like our league where you're showing live games and you're having cameras at different angles, you're telling me you can't afford one extra person one extra like person that. just to look at this just to look at the screen in that because instance. There's, there's, there's two there's at least two or two or three different angles. Even if you look at the Super League show, Bright, it doesn't just show one angle, does it? You've then you've then got a, a view from behind or at the side. And even if you've got one angle, it's better than no angles. Mm. Exactly that. And again on the costing, well then if IMG are coming in and saying you're going to get points for having a screen. Then surely they, they've seen this as well. And they've gone, right, well, we need something at every game. Yeah. You- so if every club need uh, getting points for having a screen, then that's surely the way things are going and what IMG can see as well. Mm. The other thing that I would say as well is that I would I would like to see the video ref being helped to expand the pool of referees. I don't really get why Liam Moore, let's say, for example, um, can referee... I don't know what he was on this week. I think he was on Wigan Warrington, wasn't he, this week? Yes, was he, he was. Let's just say he was on that, for example. But then he also acts like, say, sometimes, when it, when there's a few games on, he also acts as video ref at Saints and Catalans the night before. Yeah. And then as a touch judge on a Sunday. Yes. I don't. How's that helping... Develop the pool of referees that we we haven't got. Let's say, no, you you're absolutely right. Yeah, it, well, I don't see why it needs a top of the top of the tree referee to act as the video ref, looking at whether that's a try or no try. Yeah, and that might like so you say, that might just increase that pool of referees I and think so. and bring through the next generation. Because let's be honest, we've said it before and we'll say it again. In this current state, who wants to be a referee? Well, the other thing, like you've got your in-goal touch judges, are they not doing the role of the video ref in live in in live time? Yeah. Well, this is what I was about to say. There's been a couple of in. Uh, I know someone who's done a couple of games this year as an in-goal touch judge, Joe Stern. And he does the odd League One game, he does NCL games, but he has done the odd Super League game in the touch judge. So on your premise, Andy, he could technically be the VR exactly. 
for for a game. Exactly. And it's building his experience up in that sort of environment. Which would then build him up to become a Super League referee. I think so. Uh, in gold touch judges on that make me laugh the way I love the way when the ball's at the end of the field that they run across they back and cross the field at the other end on their own. If that was me, I'd definitely want to just be leaning against the post from my phone for a bit. Have your mates in the in the front row with it behind the post so have a pint or the exactly. pie or something? Somebody bringing yeah. me a drink on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know well, I mean, on on this on this, I think the other issue with it is the time it takes for video referees because some yeah, good point. They, they do t- they do take a long. You, you you're watching at home and you see from four different angles and they're like, right, can you go back to that first That's angle? Right. And it's like, well, you can see it there that he's not. If yeah. you can see the home, what's he then looking for? I think yeah, the communication right. needs yeah. to be better as well. If you can't see it within thirty seconds, it goes with the live call. Yeah. You can't see anything different in 30 seconds because with the live call. But then that brings into the live call as well. Do, yes. do we need the live call changing? No, because, because it, that's how Rugby Union have it better than us. Yeah. That's how Rugby Union, because Rugby Union, will, there'll be a try and then it'll be, hello, Tarquin, this is Quentin. <laughs> is there any reason, is there any reason why I can't give that try that Percy has just scored? <laughs> Let's let's let's, let's let me put my pins down, Tarquin. Give me a moment. And that's and that's what they say, isn't it? Oh, I always remember that in the I always remember that in the World Cup final in rugby union once when um, uh, I always remember it when uh, Johnny pushed Percy over the advertising boards and Toby wasn't happy. Like <laughs> Tarquin, Quentin, and Percy—they're just the three poshest names you could possibly think of. There, all in rugby union, but that's what they say, isn't it? Quentin, it's Tarquin. Can I can I yeah. give this try? And that's what the, and that is the only they, reason why I can't give this try. Yeah, aren't they the three fellas who were charged at the MCC the other week for having a go with the, the Aussies? <laughs> no, I I agree. Just to just to sort of move away from the 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 video ref at every ground debate because we could we could be here all night speaking about that. I want to bring up another thing with the video refs. Do you think that they should have more involvement? in the game. And I'm not talking about swaying a referee or being involved every 30 seconds. What I'm saying is, is do you think on a big call that the referee misses, a video ref should be able to say, hey mate, listen, you might have missed something here, just let me go up and have a look at it. Again, that's where Union have got it because there might be a late tackle and and the referee will get a communication from the video that's saying, I am looking at this. But they only have it if it's worthy of a simbin or a sending off, I think. Yeah. I'm not too sure. But that's where they have it better because, they, 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 again, it comes down to the communication of, like, let the play go on, do you let the play go on, do you let the play go on, and then say, like, call it back. I think that's the key thing, letting the thing go on, because, let, and I said at the beginning, let's not get like football, where all of a sudden you're looking at a possible red card and you're looking at this. Because... And and football, when you're in the ground, you don't have a clue what's going on anyway, do you? So no. you're just waiting on it. You're looking at this big screen and everyone's stood around. Like so I don't want don't let's not get like that. Let's no. not get let's not get hung up because you know what crowds are like? Crowds will be like, he should be looking at that and then before you know it, you've got a two and a half hour game. Yeah. Right? So I don't I don't want that. What I would say on that, you've got a referee and you've got two touch judges. Now if between the three of them 
I've always said that between the three of them, if you can't see that between the three of them, they've got three different angles there. They should be able to see that. And I suppose now they're supposedly mic'd up. There's more communication. I question the role of touch judges nowadays. Yeah. Years ago, they used to be on the field with the flags and everything. And I know they're mic'd up, so they probably don't need to do that. But that also makes the touch judges look weak. And it also makes it look like the touch judges aren't actually doing anything. Yeah. Which, again, I don't like. I, I, w- I don't think he's building up this pool of top-class referees. Mm. Sorry, Bragwam. I will say with the video ref that they seem to be... Uh, they seem to be the most... Out of all the officials, the one who gets the most leniency. Because I've seen many a game where the video ref has, has given a decision. And yet it's the referee who gets all the abuse online. And you're like, well, the referee didn't give it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the referee has the video ref. Yeah, that's And right. it, it sounds, I don't want it to go down that way, but would that then be a Would that be a problem? As much as it's all the officials who are getting there at the moment, would it then turn to the video officials? Because then they're the ones who are having a bit more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I believe when they have the, um, when they have the video ref, is it like football where they sit there in the full kit and everything? Or they just sat in a box? I'm not quite sure of the answer. It makes me laugh that. They were in the World Cup final, weren't they? They were all sat there in about 10 of them in the kit, weren't they? Yeah, they do right, that. Yeah. There's no way they do that in rugby league. <laughs> they're sat there, they're sat there in the trackie with like egg stains down the front and everything. I would just, proper, I would just proper, an of, proper rugby league. I just had an image of Ben Taylor sitting in a in a... In a in a van somewhere eating a eating a pork pie. Exactly. And then, as he's got a as he's got a gob full. It's it Ben, Ben, can yeah. you check? Yeah, oh for goodness <laughs> sake, I've just bit into this, mate. Oh my eggs my eggs it's all gone down the front of me. <laughs> uh, Definitely. Well, I think that was Talk to me about egg butties, wasn't it? No, it was talk to me about video. That was it. I knew there was something. Yeah, talk, talk to me about me. Quentin. That would talk to me about Quentin. <laughs> All right. It's time for this. It's the prediction. Don't shrug your shoulders. It's the prediction league. But he's already on. Yes, I know he is, but you need to do the jingle. All right. Move <laughs> forward podcast prediction league with Sixth Again. That's right. It is time, as always, for our prediction league. And I'm delighted to say that I'm still on the phone with Bri from Six again. Bri, how are you? Hey! New, new, boy. New, new, Bri. Bri, much against my better judgment, would you like to give us an update? An update. Uh, based on the fact that I'm now in the the, the position of um, clamouring for freak results to get more points, while people and that's it's working the other way where I'm getting no points. I mean, for- yeah, well, let's go with let's go with it. Catalan is still top. Yeah, um, leads a second. Callum's moved up to third. Um, Bobby, you're a point off three hundred in fifth. Um, Andy, you are fifteenth. Two points ahead of Hull KR and 16th, with Lee catching you rapidly. Right. Okay. I can't say much because I'm in 13th. 
with, with only 12 points more than you. You've slid down the table like Huddersfield Giants, Bri, haven't you? I slid down the table like a Guinness down my throat. <laughs> Do you know what's right. ironic? How, no, how can I only be two places above Lee, right, when they come out with predictions every week like, oh, Lee by 33 and things like that? <laughs> because you only got eight points this week, that's yeah. right. Well, that's because I, that, I was in desperation <laughs> mode. Do you, know, yeah. do you know what's ironic? The fact that you predicted Catalans at the start of the season to finish like second or third from bottom and that's where you're going to end up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Je suis Catalan. <laughs> so, so you know last year when it was the Will Huddersfield finish second trophy, this year it's going to be Will Catalan finish second bottom trophy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we had eight spot-ons overall. Um we had, in the same three Catalan game, we had three um, for Catalan, Hull FC and Leeds. In the Hull FC Castleford game, we also had three for Callum, Huddersfield and Salford. In the Salford League game, we had one for the for Wigan. And in the Wigan v Warrington game, we had one for Callum. Mm. So, I'm going to do my best Bobby impression now, because I have a stat for the Prediction League. Hello. Hello. I don't like. Thanks, Brian. That was uh, the predictions. (laughs) Callum has had more spot-ons in the last two weeks than six sides have had all season. That's me, isn't it? And he has the same amount of spot-ons in the last two weeks as the the top-of-the-table Catalan have had all season. Wow! No, don't no, don't. He's going to be listening to this. He's one of the he's one of the six sides, Andy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's one of the six sides. You? No. Oh, <laughs> it's me, Lee. <laughs> Lee, Lee are the only ones not to have a spot on this season. And um, they're nearly catching Andy up. <laughs> yeah. Can I also say as well, it's, I think it's a professional thing because one of our um, uh, Hull KR uh, predictors is uh, Joe Appleyard, isn't it, who's the senior writer for the Hull Daily Mail? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, they're second bottom. So I think it's a professional thing. that we. I think we're very good at things after the event rather than before. Yeah, but you've got to remember, Joe only does like one in three weeks. You're doing this every week. <laughs> yeah, more, more margin for error, that's what it is. Oh, but yeah, boys, that is the prediction league. I will say that the biggest rises of the week were Hull. He went up four places with the best total of the week of 26. And the two who went down the most were myself and Andy, who both, we both went down two places. Right. Um, I don't get another two next week. <laughs> wait, wait till Andy's uh, predictions next week. I know. Yes. Lee by nine. Yeah, that's what I'm going to have to do. That's where I'm at. Oh, right. Right, shall we finish off with uh, a little bit of a, just a, a very quick chat about the two Challenge Cup semi-finals this week? Yes. Which one do, do you want to start with, Bobby? Well, we might as well start with the uh, the Saturday game. Might as well start with the first one, Lee and Saints. You were going to say the big one then, weren't you? No. All right, you sure? Yeah, I was going to say right. the Saturday one. The Saturday one, okay. So... Saints versus Lee. So I've put this down, Bry, as uh, form team versus big game experts. That's it, isn't it? Who goes in favourite? It's got to be Lee, hasn't it? 
They weren't as of they weren't as of last week. I know this because I was uh, I was looking at it, and a lot of the bookies had completely written Lee off last week before the last round. Of, I think they were two to one just to win the game. So, okay. well, they're going to thrive in that environment then, because they've been written off all season. Exactly. <laughs> and look where they are now. Um, what a game! But this this both games are going to be fantastic. But what a game! I think Saints might have got a little bit lucky. Um, I know they've got a couple of injuries, but with that Alex Wormsley tackle, I think I was expecting them to get a ban. And it weren't even cited. Um, Saints still favourite, two to one on favourites. There you go. And Lee at 13 to eight. And with the bookies, they have a five and a half point start. I'm pretending to say that, you know. If you were, if you, if you were a better man, all your money would go on Lee, surely. Yeah, I pretended so, to say that. Yeah. Um, Especially, I mean, how much of a miss uh, are Roby and Percival going to be? Oh, massively. I mean, don't get me wrong, Joey Lussick is a fantastic hooker in his own right. But I think the biggest loss for Saints, depending on who comes back, I think, don't get me wrong, you're going to miss Roby. Absolutely, I'm not discrediting that one in, in one little bit. But I think the biggest problem for Saints right now is pace. And I think with the loss of Percival, it adds to that that lack of pace, unless they can get Makinson and Ritson back, which I know Wellens has said they're both in contention, but I I'm, I'm doubt Makinson with the hamstring, I'll be honest with you. But that lack of pace in the Saints' back line is a massive worry for me, for, the, for them, should I say. Yeah, and Brian Lee must be absolutely buzzing coming into this one. Absolutely. They'll, they'll really... Uh, believe that they're going to Wembley, won't they? Oh yeah, and you, you can't, you can't see, you can't see why they wouldn't. Um, I think they've got a, a great chance. As we said, you, you can, as we said before, you can see the camaraderie and the togetherness they've got. Yeah. When you've got players like Joe Mellard stepping in last minute and they still come up with a performance and a win away at Salford, especially as we said, they were down down two tries and he could have threw the towel and gone right lad let's concentrate on next week yeah. and we'll get the rest of the season as well mm-hmm. but no what they're, they're just on fire aren't they really yeah. and it's going to be a fantastic game I think it's going to be an amazing game yeah I think you're right well let's move on to the other one we'll go, oh we'll, hang on, no, hang on. we'll get predictions at the oh okay alright fair enough well let's move on to the other one Wigan versus Hull KR Hull, and we just said about the start Hull KR have an eight and a half point start isn't that dissimilar from Lee, really? I'd definitely be taking that one as well. And I'll tell you what, one of the biggest things that are going in Hull KR's favour at the minute, and we've already mentioned how much of a boost that, that Brad Schneider's going to bring to being in, a, 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 being in the halves and replacing Jordan Abdul. But I'll tell you what, one of the biggest things and the biggest factors for Hull KR this, this week is the fact that how many tickets they've sold compared to... Wigan, which I think is absolutely downright embarrassing. By the way, I've got to say, for for a club that that calls themselves the biggest team in rugby league, selling two thousand tickets to a game at Headingley, that's shocking. You should be selling out that ground. Is there a, is there a um, I suppose an expectation that not you saving yourself Wembley, but is it a case of Wigan have had that many big games over the over the years that another semi-final and you think oh, did they get a bit did the fans get a bit blasé about it why should they no I'm not saying I'm, I'm saying is that a, you know is that a reason and it's, no. a, and it's a it's a trip over the Pennines as well isn't it you, you, you're 50 minutes away from Headingley okay. and 80 minutes away from Wembley 
Why would you not go and get behind your team? It's a bit further than that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Um, but no, I, do you know what? It, Wembley in half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. It's uh, no, it is. It, it's it, it's shocking. You don't know if your team's going to get to Wembley. Surely you want to go to every single game you can and cheer the cheer the lads on. Yeah, there's no guarantee you're beating all KR this weekend. No, that's very true. Is Mikey Lewis back for all KR? Do you know what? I'm Brian, not sure. Brian, do you know? Not sure. Not sure. Because all. with him and Schneider in in the halves, that's that's uh, could be quite potent, couldn't it? It could be. But just sorry, just to go back to my very quick point there. If Hulk Ayer can turn Headingley into a home ground fixture with noise and atmosphere, don't rule them off to don't rule them off to come away with this win. No, that's right. Didn't you do that in twenty fifteen? I think it was twenty fifteen. When they when they actually made and, the final. Yeah, and they turned but Headingley into into just red and white, didn't they? I think I'm sure. Yeah, I can't remember who they uh, who they beat in the semis that year, but yeah, no, neither can I. Right. Didn't work out well in the final, but at least no, they, it at least they got no. there. Yeah. No. no, you're right, but yeah. Um, all right, well, just to finish us off, then, uh, right, I've got this game down as the heavyweights against the box of chocolates because you never know what you're going to get with all KR. <laughs> so, and we've got four teams: the form team, the big game. The heavyweights and the box of chocolates. Uh, Bry, who's what's the final going to be? I think it's going to be the noisy neighbour derby. I think it's going to be Lee and Wigan. Ah, so it's the form team against the heavyweights. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bobby? I'm going for Saints and Olkayar. Okay. Um, and I've got to go Saints because I picked them at the beginning to win everything, if you remember. Yep. So I've got to go Saints, and I think it'll be Saints Wigan. I think it'll be a um, a, a, a classic, a, a Derby classic at Wembley. Very good. So. Well, I, I think that just about wraps us up. First thing, Bri, thank you for coming on and filling the uh, space of Callum this evening. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always, mate. And uh, if, <laughs> and of course, if you are going to any games this weekend, if you are travelling to the Challenge Cup semi-finals, please enjoy yourself. Enjoy rugby league at its finest, and good luck to Lee Saints, Hulk Hayar, and Wigan. Make it a spectacle and enjoy your game. And from all of us at the Loose Forward Podcast, it's goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.